this is The Huddle. You've got a former college athlete, a professional athlete trainer, and a sports nerd who says some words. Spend their Friday afternoon talking all things sports. Welcome to the show. All right, welcome back to The Huddle. I am your host, Spencer Huddleston. Like Randy Moss in his NFL days, I do not stretch on game day. <laughs> uh, we've got, uh, as usual over in this chair, Brad Weems is not with us today. We are a man short. Brad's on the physically unable to perform list this morning. Uh, but we do have Greg Hoffman, our stalwart offensive lineman, played at Louisville. Greg, we don't take days off here, do we? Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> Except for last week. <laughs> 100% attendance. Perfect attendance award. Hey, good for you. So we uh, we have the collective brain power of some awesome folks here at the Market Street Media Studio, uh, and after each show, uh, we put that collective brain power to use to do some uh, crowd feedback and to do some show feedback. One thing that we've learned from our folks is that we need to start building some segments and some structure into the show. Greg, they told me that we were a lot like uh, Grateful Dead, like we just played whatever we wanted to <laughs> for 12 hours. Keep it between the lines, don't know where the car's going. A little bit less LSD, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we're working through some segments today. We've got a few uh, that we're particularly fond of after some playtesting. Uh, we've got ones that we're calling Three from the Jump, which is our headlines that we talk through. Uh, we've got an award show, uh, normally with Brad and, and Greg, that we'll talk through that over the coming weeks. Uh, and then also we have a uh, a program or a, a segment that we'll call Deep Outs, which is, I, I say it will be a deep reflection of some sports thoughts, but it will probably end up being something like uh, Leon Phelps from The Ladies' Man doing the poem <laughs> <laughs> from the movie. Uh, if you haven't seen that one, Leighton will maybe link it in the uh, – in the chat and and uh, put a parental advisory on that one. So we'll uh, we'll jump right in. Uh, three from the jump is our first segment, which is the headlines of the sports world this week. Uh, Greg, what have you been watching as as sports have come back? Quite a bit of baseball. Um, the NBA stuff. I think um, that's been interesting. Um, how that's played out. The optics of everything. Um, you know, almost the. The the social and COVID experiment, experiment in the bubble, um, how that's played out. But, um, you know, um, beyond the Lakers just not being able to hit, <laughs> hit shots from the floor, uh, the basketball's been been even better than I thought it would be. Mine's been hockey. I, I've, I've always enjoyed hockey. I, I had a, a, a meme moment where I was Robin Williams from Jumanji because I thought – I don't know what time it is, what year it is, because my brain is thinking it's April watching Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, but I'm watching the NHL, and it's awesome. You know, it's it's awesome to have sports back. It's awesome to have the the live environment. It's a little bit like eating a veggie burger in that you think after the first couple bites, you're like, all right, this is something that I'm used to. I, I feel comfortable and familiar mm -hmm. But it's not quite like the real thing. The fan stuff is weird. You yeah. were talking about some of that before the show. So the one, the one cool thing I saw in the NHL is the uh, the interns <laughs> out there during the hat tricks throwing you know, empty empty arenas, and they're out there throwing hats <laughs> on the ice for the hat trick. Yeah. It's just surreal. But uh, if you uh, if you're in in the uh, market for an internship, look at the NHL because uh, I mean they're doing it they're doing it right. I also would like to be the guy that decides what crowd noise gets pumped in. Like they, so they actually adjust, I mean, just based on watching it, they adjust the volume of the 
home team crowd noise versus the supposed away team, even though they're both playing at neutral sites in Edmonton and Toronto. It's just nuts. And then the NBA is doing the thing where they've got the fans that are they can line up to be listed. Yeah. They can be in a queue to yeah. be a virtual fan. Yeah, Michelob Ultra is uh, is sponsoring that. So they've got uh, the baselines. I, I want to say it's something like 30, 30 people per kind of section uh, per game. You know, running through a Michelob Ultra website, you get the uh, you get the opportunity. There's exclusive feeds, uh, courtside feeds. There's uh, 15 different camera angles you can choose from. The other cool thing is it's like a Zoom call. You can interact with the people that are in your section. Yeah. I've seen they've uh, – Michelob has been plugging in celebrities, and I saw Lil Wayne in there. Lil Wayne. <laughs> was actually uh, there? Yeah, actually watching you know, the game. People are high-fiving him, uh, Chris Bosh, and some other uh, ex-NBA players they've been plugging in there. But you know, through this exper- experience, you, know, you can interact with those celebrities and, and athletes. Um, you know, it's, it's – in these, in these times, it's – that's – you know, you're trying to invent ways for interaction and fan interaction, and they, you know, kudos to them for it, it's engaging. On something that's yeah, that's and even doing strange things like taking the stands and instead of doing empty seats, like taking canvassing and, mm-hmm. and pulling it over the empty seats with like shortening the line of sight within these huge stadiums yeah. to actually show a, a more visually appealing product, you I think know, is you interesting. Got, you got, again, a lot of the major league teams are selling the cardboard cutouts. <laughs> Did you see uh, the Mariners were playing the Cubs? And they stuck a Steve Bartman cutout <laughs> oh, yeah. out there in the left field. How'd that play with the uh, Cubs fans? Just, Yeah, yeah, yeah. So other uh, Pittsburgh Pirates I saw, um, they were taking foul balls that were hit in the game. And wherever that – it would hit at that seat or rest in that seat. They would send that ball to the the uh, seat holder that had purchased that seat. You That's know, cool. Uh, you, sorry, you weren't able to be here in person. Here's a foul ball. Wish you're you know you're here next year. You can catch this this ball. So that's a fun a of, gift. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of a lot of cool things that that teams are doing out of the box to to you make up for lack of attendance. What do you think about the on-field product? Do you think that's been you know we we've got <clears throat> these players that are now particularly with the NHL and the NBA, they're, they're confined. They, they say themselves that it's much like a youth league tournament mm-hmm. where they're all in the same hotel space for a extended period of time. They're hanging out with players that are on other teams, having dinner together. You know, you got teams that aren't playing going to watch those games. <laughs> yeah. You know, so uh, heckling each other. Right. You know, I saw a couple of instances there. Guy threw up an air ball and they were, they were heckling him. So yeah, it is, it's, um, it's just a it's it's a it's a cool experience uh, for the players, I think, as well. You know, have to be certainly missing their their family and their their normal structure. But uh, again, the NBA was I mean, they're coming to the end of the regular season, getting ready to go into playoffs. Right. So it's not like it's a long, grueling season. Uh, so they know it's just a finite you know period of time they got to be in there. And but, they uh, apparently divided the the hotels by the groups that were like mm-hmm. in the playoffs on the bubble, right. not you know quite there. Yeah, which I think is interesting too. Like yeah. it, you've got like what the competitive alpha hotel with LeBron. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, I, I'm super excited about the NBA going into playoff mode. I, I was really thrilled that hockey just jumped right in with the qualifying. Mm -hmm. And I think baseball, baseball has always been kind of a slow burn for me, but once the NBA playoffs kick off, I I think that will ratchet that level up quite a bit more fan engagement. Like you said, an exciting product. 
you know, you, you kind of skipped over baseball there, but I mean, the story in baseball, the Marlins, of course, with all their, their players and staff that had tested, I think they were 18 play, 18, 18 staff and players, the Cardinals, uh, they're looking like they're going to, uh, play tonight. I think they were somewhere eight or nine. Yep. The Marlins, I mean, have come out of there with, you know, replacement players, minor leaguers that they've called up. And they've been on fire yeah. since since uh, since going uh, under uh, going through all this. So that's uh, that's been an interesting um, how that's played out as well. Do you think they're looking at it at, at those minor league players? Is it an opportunity for them to play? Or are they seeing their shot? Sure. And that's why I mean, it's up? not like these guys are just scrubs and people they just called in that were you know right. on the street. I mean, these are legit. You know, their free agents are legit minor league prospects, and yeah, they're you know I think. Always you get these guys that come up and, you know, they'll hit 600 through the first six games is the excitement and the adrenaline and everything. On pace for 80 home yeah, runs. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, so um, I think a lot of that. So see if, you know, in this shortened baseball season, if they can sustain some of that. I, I think you and I both are fascinated by the, the, the business and infrastructure components, too, of each of these leagues. And just seeing the start comparison with how baseball has had so many positive tests has had to kind of pick up and stop and start. And then you see in this confined environment with the NHL and the NBA, they're at both, both leagues are currently at 0% positive mm-hmm. testing, which is phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, that's fascinating yeah. just to see that the, the isolation that those components are, are working one and that two, the product seems to still be mm-hmm. exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the NBA also is, I mean, they, they, they took this bubble very seriously. It's, you know, the, the couple of players, I think we made jokes here a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> but I mean, if you, if you left the bubble, I mean, there was legit, you know, uh, quarantine and everything else. So it, it kept, uh, kept everybody pretty well, you know, on the straight and narrow. And hockey is such a funny sport too. The the outing that they've promoted, you know, basketball players. The who was the dude Mo Williams that went to the yeah. Atlanta strip club and like chicken wings, had chicken man. wings. Chicken yeah. wings. And hockey, like the big story is the guy that stepped out to go to the Tim Hortons truck for, <laughs> yeah. for a yeah. donut. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just a very different environment yeah. there. Yeah. So with that, you know, as as we lead into the sport that, that you know we love the most in this country. How does that change? You know, what do the last few weeks inform as far as the football decision making? You talk about college football mm-hmm. and then moving to conference only moves. Yeah, um, it, it again, it is the numbers are so much greater. You know, you've got you know on a on a football team roughly you know eighty eighty to a hundred players on there. So just everything grows exponentially. Um, you know, they're not at the, you know, the current model going to be in any kind of bubble. So it's really, um, self-policed and self-regulated, um, of, of how all this plays out. I mean, just a, a Louisville example, you know, they're, they're on there, I guess today would be day four of their fall camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, I don't know if you saw the news, but they had, uh, they had 29 athletes test positive between, I think it was soccer and uh, all sport you know, across all sports. Yeah, there were okay. well, there were, but it was all traced back to this one off-campus party. Yeah, <laughs> so you know, three soccer players got uh, got their scholarships revoked. The guys that are hosting the party, but it's just it goes to show you that social responsibility that these teams have to take. If just something innocent of a you know eighteen to twenty-two year old college student you know has a has a get together. 
that, you know, exposes them to, to the virus, it's, you've just got to be careful on your, your time away from the, you know, from the complex. You're telling me that flip cup is a <laughs> communicable disease <laughs> spreading activity. <laughs> Absolutely. It, it's, it, it seems impossible to try and control those, th- those things with professional athletes, <laughs> to your point, you've got such a, a such infrastructure, such strong setup around the organization. But, you know, with college, I think they're actually limited by the NCAA with how much engagement the coaches can have even during season. Yeah, even during season. Yeah, you're limited on your hours, and that includes your meeting times and your workouts and and, and everything included. So, um, you know, on one hand – you're, the the coaches and staff are going to want to maximize that time at the complex to keep them away, keep their free time limited as much as possible. Um, but again, it's just it's a it's it's more of a, a personal responsibility um, and how how mature your leadership is on your team. When I look at what that means for the programs themselves. I, I feel a couple different ways, you know, as you get older, you, you kind of, your, your childhood fandom is, you know, monolithic. It's, it's singular. You, you, you think about one team and one team only as, as I get older, I find myself, I'm a Tennessee fan at heart. I love ETSU being in this local community and I see how great things can be to have Tennessee playing an all sec, all prime time. I mean, those are incredible events, mm-hmm. TV events mm-hmm. to watch this fall. But the flip side of that coin are these smaller programs. ETSU stands to lose a lot of money canceling yep. this thing. Yep. And they had Georgia on the schedule. And now, you know, again, with the, the all SEC conference game schedule, I mean, they're going to lose the opportunity to play that, you know, not only for, you know, for the experience of the, of the ETSU football players and, and playing in that, that big primetime environment, uh, but, you know, certainly the paycheck that, that goes a long way at a program like ETSU. Do those things set back a program? I, I know you've talked about on the show before your Schnellenberger days where you were essentially Louisville was trying to climb mm-hmm. as, a, as a program. Mm-hmm. How, how do you feel like this type of season would set back a smaller program? I mean, financially, certainly. Um you know, and, and I think that's a recruiting tool going in that, hey, we've got these non-conference games. But, um, you know, if, if they're able to, to still continue to play a season, you're going to have your Southern Conference schedule. Um, so I don't think I don't think that sets a program back. I think that's just kind of one of those extras and icing on the cake. Right. To be able to to, to say enhance you know, an athletic yes, center yes, or something yes. like that. Right. How do you think the teams that the one that immediately comes to mind is Notre Dame. Sure. How can they navigate? You know, if you think maybe not this year, but in some years where Notre Dame would be a playoff contender, how do they as an independent, you know, without a conference affiliation, how do they make it through this season? Well, so the, the benefit, uh, they they've they've had that brother-in-law deal with the ACC, you know, for the last four or five years. Yeah, all and, you know, and television, all, and, all sports besides football or ACC. You know, then you you play your four or five ACC games a year. Well, yep. so they they've had that relationship, so they've been able to to go in uh, in full time for the ACC this year um, for football. Yes. Oh. Yeah, yes. Okay. Yes. So they're they're a full-fledged member of the ACC for this upcoming season. Well, then and, you've answered and, my question. And what was, what's, what was a big step in that is, I mean, it's why Notre Dame has the, the nationwide brands, their NBC TV deal. Yes. So they have agreed to divvy that up across all the schools, the ACC. Just knowing that for, they don't have yeah, another I mean, option. Yeah, that was kind of their – 
chips to the table. So the the polar opposite of that is UConn. Yeah, that canceled. You know, they left. They left the the American Conference, and they're an independent now in the short term. Canceled the season. They got a lot of kudos from folks that it, that was all you know out of precaution and whatnot. But right. let's be real. It's I mean, because that was they a, couldn't make the money deal. Well, work. they could. They couldn't. You know. They could with all conference schedules. Right. You couldn't have. You couldn't have played. You couldn't have filled your schedule. Right. I saw. I, I was reading. I think they lost just even in conference. Lost forty two million dollars last year. Wow. UConn you know? did. Yes. Wow. So by saying we're not going to play, there's. I mean, there's. You know, your 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 books are almost balanced. You realize savings. You know? so, yeah. So does that hurt? You know, diving a little deeper into that business component of it, does that hurt? Do you think Notre Dame's ability? Let's just say they kill it this year, and it, it's a very successful partnership with the ACC. It becomes, you know, fans are interested in it. Do they lose? You know, kind of like Texas kind of took a step back in that Longhorn Network, where they weren't as successful as they thought running mm-hmm. an independent, you know, media. Mm-hmm. partnership do you think there's risks there for notre dame i think there are i mean this is a it's an exper it's an experiment on all levels you know across the board so this is a this is a try it year you know it's a lot of rumors over the years of them they're, they're a better fit in the big 10 geographically um you know the only downside that i see is some of their traditional opponents but if you can if you can play an acc schedule and still still play a usc and a michigan and you know some of their some of their uh, I think they Navy. Uh, this is the first time they hadn't played Navy since like 1939 right. or something like that. Right. So if they can strike a balance there, um, I think that gives them them some stability to be able know, to play moving forward. That's a uh, this is a very clear indicator that we are indeed a jam band fish podcast <laughs> because if you had asked me walking in the door here today if I'd spend any amount of time talking about the Golden Domers I probably would have told you no but here we are we're having fun with it uh, so tell me about your your thoughts on on the big one out there that I think a lot of sports always look to as the banner is the the NFL you know I think again you see so many players that for one reason or another, have chosen to opt out. One, one of the famous ones in this area is Juwan James, who's an offensive lineman for the Broncos, who decided to opt out for the year, I- indicating that he's got a young family, doesn't want to put himself at risk. What Do you see a, a major impact to the NFL over the next couple of weeks with that type of, of move? I do. So I think the, the list was up to 66 players. Here's the, here's the stat that I didn't realize. So – it's over twenty of them are offensive linemen. Wow! Like a number, a, another seven or eight who can de- play for twenty five. We're defensive tackles, <laughs> so can. over half, over half of your opt outs are offensive linemen or defensive tackles. What's the logic behind that? My my theory is that as you hear all this COVID stuff and who's most susceptible, or you know, it's 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 big guys and you know they're while they're athletes and in shape i mean they're still it's a different risk category is what you're technically saying. obese and you know so i think they're at higher risk and then whatever their personal medical uh situation is or their the, you know their 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 home life situation is um plays into that but uh there's there no other parallel that i could draw other than 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 that same question you know that we talked about with baseball 
Do you think that the NFL is going to do well with that next man up mentality there where they're going to be able to bring in, like, is the product going to suffer for this? Or do you think that there's enough quality still on the field to, to have, you know, an, an exciting product for the year? I think the, the Patriots are, are going to be in, in a little bit of that state. I think they're, they have the most amount with eight, I believe eight or nine players, a lot of those on defense. So, yeah. uh, I mean, Bill Belichick's going to have to find those. Boy, he just has a terrible record of figuring that out. <laughs> He's going to he? have to find those, uh, you know, late round, you know, some of his late round draft choices or some of those. He'll uh, pull a dude from eight. the subway station and make him an all pro this year. <laughs> um, so it's, uh, you know, if, if things go as, as, uh, as they are currently scheduled, um, you know, on the flip side, you're going to, those, those, um, undrafted guys yeah they're gonna they're it's gonna be harder for them to make a make a team this year um with the exception of of a patriots and who were is it the titans that are like five players i think five was the next the yeah next. but the the titans also have one of their big free agent signees that just no showed which i think is strange like you've got a built-in ability to opt out for the year. And instead he takes a half a million dollar talking about Vic Beasley, yeah. who was the free agent signing from the Falcons. He takes a half a million dollar penalty for not showing up to camp. It, you know, at that point, if, if that's part of your decision-making, why not just select the opt out? Like I don't, you know, you're there, op- there's something flawed yeah. with the decision-making yeah. yeah. there. So the opt out and the stipend, I think is, is if your salary is guaranteed, it's 350,000, I believe. So, and then that, that rolls over your salary. Is that what Brad's getting for opting out I think today? It, I think uh, it okay. is. <laughs> what is it, about 15 cents, I Good think. for you, yeah, Brad. Yeah. Good job. So he's going to come out ahead on that deal. <laughs> uh, so, you know, that rolls over and whatever your, whatever your guaranteed salary is for this year rolls to next year. So there's, there's a little bit of a kind of more of a long-term strategy. I mean, Vic's been in the league for a while. So is he looking at a, you know, um, you know, taking the, the, the route of of being overly cautious and sitting the season out for a little bit of long term, you know, more longer term stability and, and kind of pushing his time clock a year into the future. I get I get so so much enjoyment out of the internet nerd corners of sports fandom. And my favorite, my absolute favorite, is the Tennessee Titans subreddit. <laughs> and I'm gonna plug it on the show because it just it kills me because those guys will go into film from last year and they will look at for Vic Beasley's sacks they actually discredited all the ones where a quarterback was running out of bounds or he was already down and they were trying to make the argument that this is actually a garbage player that we mm-hmm. paid nine million dollars mm-hmm. for so that's let internet that's nerds always rule <laughs> exactly yeah. so we've got an awesome uh slate this weekend coming up we're just a couple weeks away from football kicking off I mean, we're right in the thick of it. We're excited to be playing along with you all on the huddle. Uh, we're moving into another one of our favorite segments that is just brand new to the show. Uh, Greg, we put you on the spot with this one. This is our award section, and the, the first award that we're going to go through is the trench in the trenches award with Greg Hoffman. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about this one. So this is this is one of those uh, unsung heroes uh, in the sports or entertainment landscape. Um, you know, to, to use a little of my favorite vernacular, he's in there doing a yeoman's job. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of, a lot of candidates this week. So, uh, um, 
took uh took a little while to uh to to hone in on my final selection but so um, this is i've heard the saying that if an offensive lineman is in the newspaper it's because he did something bad right so you're trying to get a little shine on the on the good for the lesson. yeah it's 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 you you've either yeah had a had a terrible game gave up gave up a, you know three sacks or you know, and the, if you're a left tackle, then it's scored a touchdown. Then, 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 yes, <laughs> or, or or you've just signed that that lucrative deal that gets in the gets in the blurb of the transactions of the of the newspaper. There you and go. Never to be seen again for four more years. So, uh, yeah. So this this one, uh, the in the trenches award. Um, so again, a lot of a lot of nominees, but I'm going with. Did you hear this story from uh, from yesterday on the Big Ten coaches? Uh, conference call no i did not so whiny jim harbaugh calls out ryan day you know this is michigan and ohio state here yeah, battle of the khaki uh, you know pants. there was some picture circulating around about the linebacker coach you know was on the field with some of his linebackers uh with ohio state and harbaugh calls out day on, on the call and just you know day of course just goes crazy and you know <laughs> Worry about your own program. As you should. Right? And <laughs> left the comment of, I hope the Big Ten has a mercy rule because we're going to hang 100 on you this year. Ryan Day said that? Yes. Oh, wow. So, you know, needless to say, football can't get here fast enough. And when you have a rivalry that intense, I mean, coaches. And that game's being played earlier in the year, right? I think they I, yes, moved it up. Yes. Nice. So that uh, Ryan Day. For calling out whiny Jim Harbaugh <laughs> gets my gets my in the trenches. He's your trench winner he, of the week. He's my yeoman award for, That's the, good. for the week. It's it's uh it's good trash talk season. I mean, you know, to you know, start off. I'm not even sure the Michigan fans like Harbaugh anymore, <laughs> let's be honest. <laughs> well, and that's the big argument for him is it's always he's the best example of who you're gonna get. Yeah. You know, like hey, yes, when he got hired, say. I thought it was a home run. Yeah. And I think his antics have just He's just worn everybody thin, you know. Stanford, you know, I, I think you never heard a lot of the stories at Stanford of of you know his erratic behavior, sleeping on the floor you know, next but, to recruits and but, stuff but like what's that. What's the you know he hit the 49ers. Yeah. You know, you kind of had some just some head scratching things, and then um, you know he has he's brought some know, panache to to the Michigan program, you know, some that, that was lacking. Yeah. But uh, you know, you just he's his his act has worn thin. I just um he's just he's you gotta question his sanity. <laughs> well I like that first winner, Ryan Day from Ohio State. I know we got some show listeners that are Buckeye fans that'll appreciate that one. Uh, I'm going to channel my inner Brad Weems for this next segment because we pinned Brad to do the peak performance athlete of the week. And Brad, as you know, is a uh, an owner of a of a training facility and a gym here in Johnson City. Uh, Brad, like few others, can appreciate the highlight reel of of sports world and, like you said, of entertainment. So we we tagged this segment to really be the the showman, the exact opposite of the in the trenches. Uh, I think for me this week, on behalf of Brad, I'm going with Connor McDavid, who is the forward for the Edmonton Oilers. The dude looks like when you see him on screen, he looks like a teenage boy that would be serving you ice cream at Cold Stone. <laughs> and I, I am just mystified at the fact that he terrifies these intimidating NHL defensemen. He is insanely fast. We haven't seen anybody as skilled. I mean, you could say Sidney Crosby. 
But I haven't seen anybody as skilled on the ice since Wayne Gretzky. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're saying elite, elite company. He's got a chance during these playoffs to be where Crosby was about 10 years ago, taking that next step up into winning playoff series, winning a Stanley Cup. But, I mean, as far as must-see TV, if you're a sports fan, just checking out the dude's highlight reel is incredible you've compared him to two of the absolute (laughs) greats i mean if you know two of the four mount rushmore of of nhl when you when you stack up that comparison so again in this in this day and time with limited sports um you know maybe he does get uh get some more exposure than he would uh would otherwise he's he's nuts he's a joy to watch he does the little things that you don't even really you you hear from it from people who have watched hockey for years and years that say he just is just a different breed. It, I mean, he's exciting to watch. Uh, you know, for for Brad, he, it looks like he's got a good haircut. He serves a good Cold Stone. <laughs> so he's he's a solid performer. I'll have to go get that. Go we're, get that uh, after the show. We're call, we're calling Brad out a bit on today's show, but we'll, we're having fun. We'll have him back next week. Uh, so we've got one more segment coming up. Uh, before we wrap up the show, uh, I do want to tell everybody we're excited to announce that we've got a couple interviews coming up over the next couple weeks. Uh, next week, we're going to try and get to talk to Keith Turner, who is the athletic director at Science Hill, played college basketball, played college sports like Greg did, um, friend of the show, friend of the community. So we're excited about that. You know, certainly timely uh, with Coach Turner um, and his willingness to come on the show with everything going on, um, you know, even just here locally. I think we're up to five high schools that have uh, that have, have delayed or postponed their their workouts and their season. So uh, certainly interesting to get some inside scoop and some behind the scenes with Coach Turner of how all those decisions and all the factors that are going into you know kicking the season off and, and doing it in a safe manner. Yep, I'm excited too. And and huddle folks, I hope you're excited to tune in with us next week. So we're going to wrap the show with our last uh, segment. This is a brand new one, uh, Deep Outs with Spencer. Uh, it, you know, the intent here is really just to throw out a, a few thoughts for our show listeners as we wrap up. Um, you know, I think for me as we roll into this week, the first thing that I have to thank is really Bud Light. <laughs> Bud Light put out a commercial about uh, take me out to the ball game mm-hmm. that was, you know, I think you can uniquely appreciate how good people are that do that type of marketing because they nailed it for sports fans. They nailed it. And, and, and if you haven't seen the commercial, it's a whole bunch of people that are sitting around doing all the things that people were doing in quarantine. They're learning how to make bread. They're painting things in their garage. They're doing homemade workouts. And then they all collectively realize that sports are back mm-hmm. and they start kind of sharing in that joy. Mm-hmm. And I had that exact moment. I, I had a moment where it, in my experience with the last several months, you dig into things that you don't really think you're going to get into. The one for me here recently has been uh, vinyl records. So I've been looking at I found myself a nice record player. Mm -hmm. I was looking at these vintage albums to get. And then all of a sudden I had this just shock realization that there was playoff hockey. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just so funny how you, you drop everything that you're doing and you realize as a sports fan, like the elation is back. The excitement is back. Mm -hmm. The sports are back. And I think the craziest thing for me with what came with that was how quickly the other side of the coin comes through. And for me, that was watching my Nashville Predators, who 
have had good teams. They've had good drafts. They've got good talent. They cannot put it together on the ice. And so they're down in the series against the Phoenix Coyotes. And two days ago, I'm watching the end of that game, and I'm feeling within a week, I'm feeling the other side of sports fandom, which is clouds and the world is gloomy and frustrating and never nothing can be right. And you're frustrated with things that are outside and you're just, it, it's mercurial and you're, you know, you're just not I mean, that's <laughs> who what, you are. That's what makes sports so great. That's the fandom of sports is, you, you know, if you are your, your sports team, you live, breathe and die with, with, you know, their, their performance. So I think that's, again, that's great that sports are back, that you can have those <laughs> range of emotions. And I love the most that the thing that I love the most and the thing that I'll wrap our show with is that when we got to the end of the predators getting beat down by the Phoenix coyotes, I was watching with my four year old son, Wyatt, and you teach at that age, you know, you teach, they don't really understand a, you know, a power play, a thing like that. But I teach the colors of the teams. And then I say the good guys and the bad guys and the score. Mm -hmm. And that's where we're at. Mm -hmm. We, we understand the good guys, the bad guys and the score. And so, he came up to me watching this game and he's looking at it and he says, bad guys have four, <laughs> good guys have one. Yeah. And I'm mad and I'm frustrated and walking around. And it just coming from the mouth of a four-year-old to sit down next to me and say, when's the next one? And I love that. Mm -hmm. And that's where, that's where my excitement that's level a, is. That's with a good dad right back. there. <laughs> he, he knows, you know, don't get too up. Don't get too down. Mm -hmm. Let's just play for the next mm -hmm. one. And that's that's what I'm so excited about, about sports coming back. And that's my deep out for the day is keep that optimism. No, that's awesome. <laughs> Through the eyes of a child, man. You're that's doing it exactly right. it. Hey, thanks for tuning in, folks. And I uh, hope you enjoyed the huddle. We'll see you next week. Have a good weekend.